0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma, and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Well, thank you, choir. I tell you, there's some good words in that stuff. Even in the narration, you know, I know that it is uh, the choir's goal, Wayne's goal, my goal to extol the name of Jesus, especially during uh, during this Christmas time. Well, this morning we've lit our final candle of Advent. All that's left is to light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve. And I hope that you will join us at 5 o'clock on uh, this Saturday evening for our Christmas Eve Lord Supper service. During the, uh, the four weeks leading up to the celebration of Jesus' birth, Christmas Day, we've looked at each of what we have called the gifts of Christmas that the Advent candles represent. The first was hope. And because of God's faithfulness, the prophets foretold of the coming Messiah, the hope of, of all the world. Second week, we looked at the wonderful gift of peace. Jesus' birth that brought forth Jesus, which leads to his death on a cross as a payment for sins of the world. And that payment for sin brought brought peace with God because of Jesus, we're no longer at enmity with God because of sin. We have peace. Last week, we talked about the gift of joy. We said that we can experience joy because Christ dwells with us. You know, the Scripture says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God, God with us and in us. No matter the circumstances of life, no matter what what this old world brings, He will never leave us or forsake us, and ultimately we will be with Him forever. Amen? And today on this final Sunday of Advent, we take a look at the theme within the Scriptures that, that holds it all together. At the heart of Christmas is the... Great love of God. Not that uh, not that anybody could ever preach the love of God in really in a million sermons. But you know, there are times that I think that I understand and I know what love is. You know, last night, um, you know, it's my habit to go to bed pretty early, and I, I was sitting on a chair at the back of the living room. Brenda was sitting at a chair facing the other direction and reading her Sunday school lesson, I think. And in a minute, she just spins her chair around and said, I love you. And I said, well, I love you too, babe. You know, but, but in that, you guys know what I mean, in that moment, right? I mean, there is, there is love. I mean, there is, you know, thank, thank you, Lord, right? for the love of my spouse, right? And when she said that, you know, I believed her because her, her actions speak of her love for me. And, uh, I mean, you guys, you guys understand what I'm talking about. Later this week, we'll gather with our four sons, right, and their spouses whom we love dearly, and all the grandkids, you know, all 22 of us will be together, and, uh, and, our, and our house um, will be filled with love. Now, it'll be filled with noise, and it'll be filled with food, and it'll be filled with a lot of other stuff, but you know, I just anticipate being together, and, and, and you know, I love, I love them, right? You guys, you guys get it. I know that you experience it as well. You know, I think what we don't think about, though, is, the, is that the, the very ability to love comes from God. You know, we as human beings, Scripture says, have been created in the image of God. And I, I know that in general the world doesn't really believe that, but I don't really care what the world generally believes. It's still true. We love because we have been created in the image of God. We have the capacity to love because we have been created in the image of God. In several places in the Bible, it has just the simple statement, God is love. It's His nature. We'll never understand the depth of God's love. I mean, I understand the depth of my love, and it's pretty deep. Right, but, but God's love for us is so, so much more vast. We're going to look at one of those passages this morning in our just short examination of this Advent gift of love. And in this passage of Scripture, I want us to just see who God is and what God did and what God's doing. And uh, it's in First John chapter four, verses seven through eleven. And um, every I, I think twelve times in uh, in these passages of Scripture that I'm going to read, the word love is used. And in every single time, it is the word agape love. It is it is God's sacrificial love. And even when we read words like "beloved," guess what? It's agape love—those that are loved by God. I read a definition this week of um, of of love that um, that that said this: that said that agape love is the love granted to someone who needs to be loved, not necessarily someone who is lovable. Someone who needs to be loved. I want us to keep that in mind as we read this passage. And even as we think about Christmas, right? That that God sent Jesus because we needed to be loved. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love God does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God. But that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, beloved. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We see in that passage, and I'm going to talk about it just kind of randomly. I'm not going to start at the beginning. I'm actually the the focal point is right is that is that uh, in this, the love of God was manifested in the world, was manifested towards us that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. You know, We saw in this the, the statement that God is love. That's who God is. People have a lot of ideas about who God is. It's important to understand that love is at the very core I mean, I don't. God doesn't have a core, but is at the very core of who God is. I believe that uh, that God's love was the motivating factor in in creation. I believe that God's love was the motivating factor in in choosing Israel as as His chosen people. And I think that if we could get into our heads and into our hearts and into our spirits that God is. Love that it would change us. God is not mad. God does not hurt you. God does not punish. He did all that to Jesus. Even His discipline in our lives is out of love. Every parent, every parent understands that, right? We don't like to beat our kids, spank our kids. <laughs> I didn't mean beat. But it's out of love, or at least it ought to be, right? It's because we love them. We understand that, that, that even, the, even God's discipline of us is out of love that he might bring us back into fellowship with him. So that's what real love is. It's God saying, I want to have fellowship with you. God is love. That's who he is. What God did out of that love. Verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten into the world. The love of God was manifest to come out into the open, to be made public, to declare, to make apparent. I mean, it, it's, it's like God showed his love. He manifested his love to all the world by sending Jesus. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. The incarnation of Jesus, the second person of the Trinity who is God. You know, I I think it's interesting. One of the things that I read this week pointed out the differences between when John talks about Jesus coming into the world, he doesn't talk about Jesus being born, he talks about Jesus being sent. And, you know, there's a big difference. When we talk about babies being born, we don't say that they're sent. We say they're born. Right? Because they come come into being. But, you see, Jesus didn't just come into being. Yes, he was born of a woman, but he was sent by God. The, The eternal part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we don't it's hard for us to get our heads around the Trinity, the ever existing triune God that is clearly, clearly in three persons and yet one entity somehow. The Bible says that because of His love, His love was declared to us that He sent His only begotten. And by the way, that. It's a familiar term to us, isn't it? John three sixteen, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's a term John likes. He uses it three times in His writing. Only begotten. It is. Uh, it's a Greek word, monogenes, and it means there's only one, only one, unique. And He says that He has sent Him. Into the world that we, that we might live through him. And 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 this first thing that I think is, okay, well, who is the we? Who's the we that John talks about? He uses the words we and us. Well, John's talking about believers. He's talking about believers. He's talking about people who ultimately trust in the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus for eternal life. And he and he says that. That he has sent him into the world that we might live through him. That we might live through him. Jesus talked about that. In John chapter 10 verse 10. John records that Jesus saying, I have come. I have come that they might have life. And not just life, but life to the full, or life more abundantly. He was born of woman, but he was sent of God the Father. Notice in verse 10, In this is love. In this is love. See, these are, these are all definitions of love. Right? God is love. God sent Jesus as love. He said, now this is love. Not that we love God. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Love love did not start with our loving of God. God initiated it. And now John tells us how it is, how it has come that we might live through him. How we might live through. Through Him, and He calls it. He says, "Because He is the propitiation." That's a word that's even hard to say, much less difficult in spelling it as I was writing it out. But it means it means a covering. God, God has sent Jesus that we might live through Him. Be, send His Son to be a propitiation or a covering. For our sins, and there he uses those that pronoun again, our, our sins, the believer's sins. He sent, you know, Wayne wrote the song and sang it last week, right? That cradle to the cross, he was born that he might die for us. For us who believe, for us who trust in the name of Jesus. And then lastly, what God is doing. Who God is, He is love. What God did, He loved us so much that He sent Jesus as proof so that we might have eternal life. And then what Jesus is doing. The the bookends of this passage, and I haven't I haven't read them all, but in, in, uh, at the end of chapter 3, in uh, verses uh, 16 and 17, it says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren, But whoever has this world goods and sees his brother in need and shuts his heart up from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Because we know love, we know the person of Jesus, and we know that he has laid down his life for us, we should, no, we will, John says, we will not love in word or tongue, but we will love in in deed and in truth, you see real real love acts and, and what is implied right is that if a believer sees a need and and doesn't meet it or shuts his heart. I don't know that necessarily the means that meet it, but but doesn't have a compassion, doesn't find a way to try to help, does not find a way to try to engage with that need, then, then John says, how does the love of God abide in him? And what is implied is it doesn't. It doesn't abide in him. And, and love, is not, love is not just words, right? John goes on at the end of chapter 3 to say, love is not just of the tongue or of speech, but it is deeds and it is action in, in meeting needs from people. He says, the love of God does not abide in him. And then the other end of that bookend follows the passage that I just read, ending in verse 10, 1 John 4, 11 and 12. It says this, Beloved, if God so loved us, and we know that he loved us because he sent his son to be the propitiation or the covering for our sin. He says, we ought to love one another. He says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. And then verse 13 says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. What's John saying? He's saying if you're a believer that God has given you his spirit. That's huge, and you know what? Now he has given us his spirit; we now possess his nature, nature of love, nature of love. He says, "Therefore, you love one another, in deeds and in action, and not just words." And at at, at the beginning of of that, or. In the middle of that passage, it says that no one has seen God at any time. You know, and and frankly, I've always kind of thought, you know, it seems to be kind of out of place. We're not talking about, you know, people seeing God. But But in the context of that passage, that's exactly what we're talking about. He says no one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us, and we know that we abide in us because He's given us His Spirit. The abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life is how God shows His presence to people. John says, no one's seen God at any time. But the presence of the abiding God in your life is what people see. People saw the light in the tabernacle. We talked about that last week. They've seen the light in the tabernacle. They They saw the light in the temple. They saw the cloud. They saw the presence of God. John has just told us that Jesus was sent as the presence of God. Jesus said, if I go away, I'll ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to you. And he will take my place. He will bring to your remembrance what I say. He will guide you. He will walk with you. He will empower you you we that's it's a powerful truth that because of the holy spirit of god within us people see god you know as we as we think about how we spend christmas you know Caleb's going to spend christmas eve christmas shopping good luck showing the presence of god in your life out there doing that. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I trust that you will, brother. Right? But you know how how easy it is oftentimes for us to forget that the holy spirit of god indwells us that the literally the person of jesus abides in us. I love that word that John uses. He uses it often. It means to dwell, to remain in. Right? And as we, as we love on our families this week, or maybe you've already done that, I don't know. And you know, we have Christmas from December 1st to January 1st. But, you know, as we love on our family, as we love on friends, as we gather together, as we reflect the presence of God in our life as we drive, as we shop, as we sing, whatever it is that we do, we should remember that people see Jesus in us. Amen? Praise God for His love. He is love. Praise God for his love that was manifested, that was made visible to us by sending Jesus. We celebrate that on Christmas Day. And because of Jesus, we have the ability to believe. The Bible says that we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. <laughs> That's some cool love right there we are adopted as sons and daughters of god and his holy spirit lives within us and because of that people see jesus it's the only way it's the only way that they see jesus is in us now that doesn't that doesn't mean that i don't know that we're all just soupy and gushy and and lovey necessarily all the time because Sometimes the strongest words of love are just the truth of eternal life or eternal death. But you know what? We, we preach the gospel, but then we live lives where the gospel can be seen in us. And Christ is visible to the lost world. It's the only way. The only way is through us. It's through you. Through me. We need to be far more intentional about showing Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wayne, come up and lead us in a hymn of invitation. Another short message. Don't get used to this. But I tell you, it's so simple. In this, the love of God was manifest that he sent his only begotten son to be the propitiation for our sin. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hey, friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou at That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctettle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you, and we hope you have a blessed week.